Remember, remember the 5th of November. When the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason. Why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Tonight we honor the British revolutionary Guy Fawkes by dedicating this show to him. Yes, yes, a few of our own youth radio personalities pay respects to Mr. Fox and many other revolutionaries who showed the world that the power of speech and action invoke change, for the better or the worse. And Kyle gives his own two cents on the film V for Vendetta, which deals with Mr. Fox's failed attempt of blowing up the British Parliament and one man's attempt to finish the job. Lucia will also have an interview dealing with college preparation for those of you putting in the stressful hours for your next step in education. But first, we send it off to Diana for some very awesome Foxian-esque music. Alright, first I'm going to play for you a song from Bright Eyes' album, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. This is a collaboration with the country singer Emmylou Harris, but don't get your pretty little heads in a snit, my darling headbangers. This is folk, not, God forbid, country. Here's the song, We Are No One, and it's now. corners anymore, but we still make him write other stuff. For our first segment tonight, Kyle has a review of V for Vendetta, which is a movie involving Guy Fawkes. Guy Fawkes was a soldier in the Spanish army who attempted to blow up Parliament on November 5th of 1605. He was part of the Catholic uprising in England and wanted to replace the king, who was Protestant. However, the plan of blowing up Parliament was foiled when Fawkes was found along with two tons of gunpowder in the cellar beneath the House of Lords. Fox and his conspirators were executed for treason and attempted murder. Guy Fox's failure is remembered with Guy Fox Night, also known as Bonfire Night and Fireworks Night, celebrated on November 5th. Here's Kyle. Remember, remember the 5th of November. It is doubtful that anyone who has seen V for Vendetta will ever be able to hear these words and not think of a man in a Guy Fox mask wielding knives. The movie V for Vendetta is the story of a terrorist styling himself similar to Guy Fawkes, a revolutionary who attempted to destroy British Parliament in the mid-1600s. It is set in a future Britain and based on a Vertigo graphic novel. Disease and war have destroyed much of the world, and the United States are merely a leper colony, to use the words of one prominent media figure in the movie. The British government is run by a chancellor and almost completely controlled by propaganda. Any citizen suspected of being an atheist, a terrorist, or even a homosexual is arrested and likely killed. The citizens all live in fear of the government, and from such fear comes the main character, V. It is V's goal to achieve what Guy Fawkes failed to do, destroy parliament and thus unite the people against the oppression of the British regime. On the surface, the movie looks most like any other comic book remake, until one finds out who is behind the story. Written by the Wachowski brothers, V for Vendetta combines political themes with an intricate plot that requires several viewings to fully understand. V is played by Hugo Weaving, who worked with the Wachowski brothers in the Matrix trilogy as the character Agent Smith, as well as playing Elrond in Lord of the Rings. His performance is that of a mysterious man with a love for theatrics, and the conviction that what he is doing is right. 
Along the way, Evie Hamilton, played by Natalie Portman, becomes involved with V. The story largely revolves around Evie's transformation from a law-abiding citizen to a revolutionary. The process is aided by V, who helps break Evie's fear, embedded in her by the government that killed her parents. Throughout the film, a detective of the government searches for V in an effort to stop his promise to destroy Parliament on November the 5th. As he searches, he begins to question the integrity of the government he works for and their involvement in the mass murder of many of his fellow citizens. Throughout the film, three themes emerge, one that governments should answer to the people, that of the immortality of ideas and symbols, and violence as a tool of good. V states that ideas hold power, that a symbol may attain influence through the support of those who believe in them. He also says that people should not be afraid of their government, the government should be afraid of the people, and that violence is necessary when revolution is the goal. The film itself is a masterpiece. London is a dry and dismal world with the only images of color and beauty coming in the form of V's home and the occasional explosions that represent the destruction of the foundations of Britain's oppressive government and the creation of a light for the people to follow. The characters represent well the general feelings of unrest and fear one would expect from such a situation. Hugo Weaving gives a brilliant performance as V, combining deadly martial arts skills with acting that is more reminiscent of a theater play than a movie. But he pulls it off with, a, with grace and makes V a character one can sympathize with. V for Vendetta is, on the surface, an action movie. But when you dig deeper, you find that it is full of questions about government and the role of ideas and symbols in society. Many people wondered whether this movie would be as good as The Matrix, whether the Wachowski brothers could create another movie that was on the same scale. The truth is, V for Vendetta is not in the same field as The Matrix. It is a different film to be judged and looked at in a different light. In its own place, V for Vendetta is just as good a movie as The Matrix, filled with ideas that will leave the viewer with questions to ponder for years. That was Kyle with his thoughts on the movie V for Vendetta. Now more music. All right, we're going to hear from Radiohead next off their 1994 album, The Bends. Uh, this is My Iron Lung. <laughs> I said, tell me the truth, but you don't dare. You say love is a hell you cannot bear. And I say, give me my back and then go there for all I care. I got my feet on the ground. You just heard Fiona Apple's song Sleep to Dream off her debut album, Title. And before that was My Iron Lung from Radiohead's The Bend. A revolutionary is a person who either advocates or actively engages in some kind of revolution. Here now are a few youth radio members to shine light on other revolutionaries on this joyous holiday. I'm Michael Harley. For my favorite revolutionary, I chose African-American Broadway star Ethel Waters. Waters was born into a hard life in 1896 
living in a violent Philadelphia ward before being adopted by her grandmother. In 1927, Ethel Waters arrived in New York. After her time with small recording company Black Swan Records, she began performing on vaudeville, premiering famous songs in blues, jazz, gospel, and other various styles. Ethel was a pioneer of the blues and jazz genre, setting the stage for musicians like Lena Horne, Billie Holiday, and Louis Armstrong. By the late 20s, she was ready for something brand new. She began her Broadway career immediately, appearing in show after show. Africana was her first, followed by Rhapsody in Black, Blackbirds of 1930, and her most famous early role in Irving Berlin's As Thousands Cheer. This musical in particular had political undertones by building its story from newspaper headlines of the day found by Mr. Berlin and the play's scriptwriters. Waters took the revolutionary move by singing the controversial song Supper Time. It was a mournful song of her husband who had just been lynched or hanged. The silhouette of her husband hanging from a tree stood in the background. Audiences were shocked at what they saw. Whites lynching African Americans was still being conducted at the time, though not in the catastrophic numbers it had been occurring in during the earlier years. The song was accepted thanks to Waters' strong talent and her beautiful rendition of a tragic tale. In 1940, Ethel Waters appeared in Cabin in the Sky, the story of a wife devoted to her gambling husband who learns a valuable lesson when heaven and hell fight for his soul. The play was created to give white audiences the understanding that African Americans too shared their morals, particularly those of religion and learning lessons from mistakes. Waters had a huge influence on ensuring the play's material was accurate, confirming that none of the actors were stereotypically cast. The play was so successful that it was transformed into a movie in 1943. It was a daring project as it was the first musical with an all African American cast. MGM headed the project taking huge financial risks with the movie, as African-American films were not well-received at the time unless they stereotyped the race. When it came to the film, Waters was considered overbearing to the point of annoying and aggravating everyone on set. MGM cut her contract and never worked with her again. As a result, after Cabin, Ethel retreated from Broadway and headed to Hollywood where she spent the rest of her years. She performed until her death in 1977. I chose Ethel Waters because she isn't someone who is well-known today. I could have easily researched someone like, say, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, or Rosa Parks, but everybody knows about them. Also, I chose Waters because I have a huge respect for people who make change through an entertainment medium such as theater and film. I don't think many people out there realize that this action is just as daring as methods which other revolutionaries have carried out, because using one's performance to make change can either make or break a person's career especially when we're talking Broadway and Hollywood. But Waters dared to challenge the norm and managed to rise above the stereotypical view of an African-American during her time, doing everything she could to make sure her people were portrayed correctly to the public while breaking down barriers and inspiring African-American entertainers who would follow her. My name is Sharon Kai. Larry Kramer was born on June 25, 1935. An American dramatist author, and gay rights activist. He was born in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and was educated at Yale University, class of 1957. Kramer was a gay rights advocate from the early 1970s, but his methods were very controversial. His 1978 novel, Faggots, was one of the best-selling gay-themed novels, but was heavily criticized by many gay activists for its negative portrayal of male homosexual lifestyles. 
Kramer was living in New York City when the AIDS epidemic began in 1981. He published a series of articles in the gay newspaper, The New York Native, including the famous 1,112 and counting, urgent action to respond to the new epidemic. He was one of the founders of Gay Men's Health Crisis, a New York City a New York City-based AIDS advocacy organization, which is still one of the world's largest provider of services to gay men with AIDS. In 1987, increasingly discontented with the response to AIDS by both the U.S. government and the gay male community, Kramer helped founded the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power, or ACT UP, an AIDS advocacy and protest organization often engaged in civil disobedience. ACT UP was effectively formed on March 10, 1987 at the Lesbian and Gay Community Services Center in New York. Larry Kramer was asked to speak as part of a rotating speaker series, and his well-attended speech focused on action to fight AIDS. Kramer spoke out against the gay men's health crisis, which he perceived as politically impotent. Kramer had co-founded the GMHC, but had resigned from its board of directors in 1983. According to Douglas Crimp, Kramer posed a question to the audience. Do we want to start a new organization devoted to political action? The answer was a resounding yes. Approximately 300 people met two days later to form ACT UP. In April 2001, Yale formally accepted a donation of Kramer's literary and political papers, along with a $1 million donation from Kramer's brother, Arthur Kramer to endow a gay and lesbian studies program. Kramer had been discussing the donation with Yale for several years, and the university had rejected a similar donation in 1997. Kramer now lives in New York and Connecticut with his partner, architect, David Webster. I chose Larry Kramer because I find inspiration in his fighting for better health services for his community, which I take part of trying to save my own local school-based health center. Also, when I saw this problem, when I saw this problem in when he saw this problem in his local community of New York City, he took action to save his people. He is a hero to many AIDS survivors, but he was only doing what he felt was right. Thank you to Michael Harley and Jaron Kai for their research. Now more music. Next up, we have Elliot Smith, who incidentally stabbed himself to death. He wrote this song, Coming Up Roses, on his self-titled album. Here it is. was The Walkman, 
with their song Little House of Savages off the album Bows and Arrows. It goes out to Haley with the message, I'm not formulaic. Before that, we heard Elliot Smith's song Coming Up Roses. Before I introduce this next segment, I would like to give a quick shout out to Nicole Batista, Trevor Riley, and Kristen Riley, who made all district AAA girls volleyball. Way to go, Laguna Acoma Hawks, on making it to state. Now, on with the show. A couple days ago, Lucia had the privilege of interviewing members of two college preparation and organization programs. Here she is to ease our stress. Hi, I'm Lucia from KUNM Youth Radio, and today I'm here to interview a couple of people from a couple of really awesome organizations. Do you guys want to in- introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, hi, I'm Rocio, and I am the Vice President for PACE, which is Planning and Awareness for College Education. I am a senior at UNM and majoring in marketing in Spanish. Hi, uh, my name is Sky Carlisle. I'm actually president of PACE, um, third year at the University of New Mexico, majoring in business marketing and operations management. My name is Maureen Baca, and I'm also part of PACE. I am the event coordinator, and I'm on my first year at UNM with a um, major in business management with a concentration in entrepreneurship. And my name is Natalie Sanchez-Campos. I'm the executive director of the College Success Network. And my majors in college were a long time ago, but they were sociology and Mandarin Chinese. Okay. So I guess my first question have to be, what is the College Success Network and planning and awareness for college education? Well, this is Natalie. The College Success Network is essentially an organization that is dedicated to increasing the college going rate among young people in New Mexico. And uh, in order to do that, we need to make sure that young people have the academic preparation, the information, and resources, both human resources and monetary resource, to to achieve their educational goals. And uh, PACE, which is uh, what these young three folks are are working on, is a collaborative organization that is part of the College Success Network. And I'll let Rocio talk about that. Hi, this is Rocio, and um, yeah, what what PACE is, Planning and Awareness for College Education, and what it actually started out of was our mission was to go out to rural communities and promote higher education there and just inform them about financial aid and like different programs that can help them get into colleges. And so now um, we will be working with Natalie and the College Success Network and actually going just in general to New Mexico, not just into rural communities and promoting higher education. Thank you. And what do youth like me, I guess, need to do to be prepared for college? Well, there's quite a number of things that go into preparing and being successful in higher education, whether that's a two-year college, a four-year college, a university, a trade school, um, a vocational um, opportunity, or a a certification. And um, the the number one thing that uh, I think I would recommend from a College Success Network standpoint is to find at least one to a handful of adults or people who've been through the process who can help you. Um, Students you know, have a lot on their plates uh, these days, as, as do adults, but uh, certainly I don't know of many people who've gotten to where they've gotten without help of other people. And so um, I would recommend that they find somebody who can help them. Uh, the steps, particularly for young people, are to um, find that social support. Um, number two, have a vision for what they want to accomplish, even if it's not a clear vision exactly what kind of career they want to create for themselves. Having some kind of vision of how they want to impact the world will be important. Uh, thirdly, 
I think a college fit uh, is important to discover and and help having somebody to help you uncover those options will be important. We typically recommend that students apply to four four to six colleges uh, with a, a broad range of, of opportunities. And then uh, fourth and fifth would be financial aid, understanding the process, uh, the difference between scholarships, grants, loans, work study, um, and, and other uh, opportunities such as the, you know, the federal aid. Um, and then finally, to ensure that they're taking the hardest classes that they can and getting assistance with those classes if they're having trouble. Uh, I, I want to emphasize, too, that students need to ensure that they're taking enough uh, math. We recommend four math classes, one every year of high school, um, a science class every year of high school, and definitely at least one second language beyond English or the first language spoken. Um, at, for, for very young students, I actually recommend that they study three languages. Uh, many people in the, in the world speak are trilingual and so um you know there's a joke that that uh you know what is what is somebody who speaks two languages it's bilingual what is somebody who speaks three languages trilingual and ha 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 what is what is someone who speaks one language oh american uh, uh north american <laughs> specifically so but um you know th it can't be understated that we need to we need to broaden our reach as as folks as young people in new mexico so do you guys have any training workshops or any type of course that people can take to kind of all get this in your brain? Well, the, the College Success Network um, for the last three years has done uh, counselors academies, and primarily those have been focused on school counselors at the middle school, elementary school, and the high school levels. Um, most school counselors have an incredible load. Um, not that many of them are complaining, but there's typically, on average, 417 students to one school counselor and to train them um, effectively and ensure that they have support from groups like PACE who come in and help with the students um, is pretty important. Um, so we do a training around financial aid, um, academic issues in terms of uh, test prep, um, uh, understanding the new federal forms that come out, um, understanding college uh, application processes, how to write an effective letter of recommendation, how to guide students to the right websites, uh, how to avoid scholarship scams, all kinds of uh, different topics related to college. And um, for more information on the, when those will be, um, you can go to www.collegenm.org. And uh, the next uh, College Success Network Summit and Counselors Academy will be uh, this summer and this fall, uh, 2007, sorry, summer 2007. And anybody's welcome to come, students, parents, uh, grandparents, uh, family members, adults, school administrators, uh, any professionals is, is always welcome to come as well. Okay, that's great. So to kind of go back to your organizations, um, what type of youth do you target to, for your college programs? The, the youth we target obviously are, are you know, underdeveloped or at risk, uh, so to speak. Um, usually those that are without help otherwise by themselves. Um, I myself am first generation low income, went to Albuquerque High School here in Albuquerque and if it weren't for Natalie sitting to my right, you know, I wouldn't be here right now. Um, those importance of college prep programs definitely help not only with, you know, training for college prep financial aid prep, um, college success, but also help with life skills and skill sets which are very, very needed later in life. And so we target all students um, willing and interested uh, for the most part. But as a low-income, first-generation student, I know the lack of help kind of thwarted my progress and, and 
achieving what I should be in. And where I'm at right now at the University of New Mexico as a business major in my third year has definitely been um, due to the success of that college prep program that I was involved in. Um, and like I said, it involves life skills and, and skill sets that I would not otherwise have had. And it seems that minority and class have a lot to do with who gets into colleges and the best schools and stuff. So what are the obstacles for the lowest social class and minority that are in it? What are some of the obstacles for them to get into good colleges? And why are the obstacles there? Yeah, it's, a, it's a great question, and it's as complex as any one of our personalities. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's certainly um, influences from family and uh, social groups uh, in terms of who goes to college. There's issue of financial barriers uh, or, or barriers to information and other resources, uh, folks that can pay for private tutoring, folks that can, cannot. And so th there's, a, there's a huge... Uh, and very complex answer to that question. But long and short of it is, is that if you want to go to college, you really can. And uh, if someone has told you that you cannot go to college or you're not college material, I want you to wipe that out of your mind and burn it permanently because it's not true. And everybody can go to college and, and make something amazing of themselves and make a difference in the world. You know, right now in New Mexico... Uh, according to census data, it shows that if you take 100 ninth graders from any part of the state, that only 11 of them will graduate with a college degree given six years to complete a four-year bachelor's degree. 11 out of 100, that's 11% of our young people are making it uh, to college. And that statistic, quite frankly, is on the par of other countries, such as Mexico, the Czech Republic. It's not even... It's not even on par with our own country. And so there really is a crisis in New Mexico around education, ensuring that our young people are prepared for college in every way possible and making sure that they're not succeeding on accident because of their sure grit and determination to succeed, but that they're succeeding based on adults who are caring about them, based on young people who are informed, based on uh, support groups like PACE that can help, um, help other young people to get where they need to go. And, uh, and that's really the, the true revolutionary, uh, revolution of our generation, or this decade anyway, is can we get all of these young people ready uh, because we need them. Thank you. Um, how can youth that want to get involved with your program, um, how can they get involved? Um, yeah, this is Rocio. Um, actually, we are, um, are going to be looking to visit high schools starting next semester, and we actually will be seeking help of students in high schools to help us like promote like an event that we're going to have or like help us connect with the counselors there and just um, just to keep base with that high school. So um, if they want to actually help us out or like want us to make a visit to their school, um, like I said, it'll be starting next semester, hopefully, um, they can actually email us at info at college NM as in New Mexico dot org. Um, again, that's info at college NM dot org. Or they can also call um, us at 505-821 2100, and that would be at the College um, Success Network. Okay, thank you. Um, do you guys have a message to youth that are debating college? Um, definitely. Um, as president of PACE, I, I kind of jumped into this knowing that it was my mission in life to help out other students. Um, that's the biggest thing. Um, it's, it had held importance in my life. Uh, the biggest message we can tell them is just to get involved. Um, it's not get involved in college, not get involved in school, but get involved in your own life. Um, that's pretty much the biggest thing. Um, if you're debating going to college, you know, everybody has a purpose in life, but many 
don't really know what that purpose is. And college is, you know, what we're working with right now is College Success Network and PACE. The conjunction we have is, is that helps students find their path, um, whether it be to go to college or not. We definitely stress colleges, you know, it's about experience. It's about life's experiences, and it's not necessarily graduating with a degree in, in four years or less. It's getting the college life experiences while you're there. Um, obviously, preparation for life and, and preparation for your own future is very, very key into understanding and, and helping New Mexico's success rate. Um, we not only stress that, but, you know, higher success rates for students that actually go to college, get a college degree, or there, you know, getting higher paid jobs, and, and not just jobs, but careers, something that's life sustainable for, for a very long amount of time. And like um, Natalie touched on earlier, it's about finding someone that's, that's there for you, and, and that's what we're here to do is just help students and, and help all everybody in general. Um, like Maureen had touched on as well, you know, where educational and social success is, is definitely the two major factors in, in college, and most people just focus on the educational. But it's that social success that gets you networked with many, many people where you're at. And college success definitely helps that social support. Um, like Natalie also touched on earlier, it's, it's about having a vision and having a dream. Um, college helps you find that vision, that dream, um, if you didn't already have it. And is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, um, this is Sky again. I was just going to say that it's it's the biggest thing for us is, is to help someone else and giving back to the community. I mean, um, growing up in, in elementary school, you know, I had a principal that definitely cared about finding out where people were and counselors that weren't focused on just shifting class schedules or solving, resolving conflicts, but it was actually about getting people to where they need to be in life. And so without them, um, you know, I wouldn't be here now. Like I said, Natalie's been a big influence in my life as well. But <clears throat> one of the things we focus on definitely is just we have that dream to give back, and that's our biggest thing is we're here for other people that need help. So. Okay, thank you. And is there anything else that you want to add, Natalie? Sure. I'll, I'll just uh, restate um, the websites and phone numbers for everyone. If you want to get involved, if you'd like to give money but you don't have a lot of time, if you'd like to uh, connect with PACE, uh, we really encourage, uh, especially young people, but any uh, young people of any age really uh, are welcome uh, College Success Network is uh, 505-821-2100. You can leave a message there for PACE um, as well. And uh, our email is info at collegenm.org. The website to go on to is www.collegenm.org. And um, although our website isn't quite up to snuff just yet, it will be uh, starting in January where we can connect to the New Mexico Higher Education Department New Mexico Student Loans, uh, the uh, Oppenheimer Funds, New Department of Labor, a lot of organizations that help to create the College Success Network. So um, we, we encourage anyone who wants to be involved or to help young people uh, to receive training, to receive materials, to be involved in the marketing and the outreach that uh, PACE or College Success Network work on. Uh, we really um, would, would welcome the, the uh, opportunity to, to work with other folks. Okay, well, thank you so much for this interview. I know I've learned a lot. I didn't really know anything about how to get into college or what I needed to do to prepare or about groups that can help me with it before this. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Once again, this is Lucia from KUNM Youth Radio. That was Lucia interviewing members of the College Success Network and Planning and Awareness for College Education, two separate organizations. And now... Onto calendar. Hello there, lovely listeners. Don't change that dial, because this is the Youth Radio Weekly Calendar for November 5th, 2006. Let's face it, you've really been waiting for this part of the show, haven't you? 
Crickets. 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 First off, on Wednesday, November 8th, from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., the American Indian Student Services is holding American Indian Senior Day in the Johnson Center and Student Union Building on UNM campus. The day is a busy one and your help is needed. Various responsibilities are up for grabs. If you're interested, contact the American Indian Student Services via their website at www.unm.edu slash tilde A-I-S-S slash staff dot H-T-M. The National Hispanic Cultural Center is overflowing with events this month. Here are a few to satisfy your cravings. On Friday, November 10th at 8 p.m., the music of Solicantos fills the theater with its, and I quote, sumptuous Spanish guitar and a combination of beautiful ballads and churning Latin rhythms. Following on the heels of Solicanto, Lady Smith Black Mambaza comes to the Cultural Center on Sunday, November 12th, from 3 to 7 p.m. This six-time Grammy-winning ensemble will shake the stage with its traditional South African flair and amazing high kicks. For information on Solicanto, Lady Smith Black Mambaza, and other events taking place at the National Hispanic Cultural Center, you can call their box office at 724-4771 or visit their website at www. Dot nhccnm.org. Remember our old friends, the youth-led rock band Mezcla Experience? They're releasing their new CD on Saturday, November 11th. The music begins at 8 p.m. The release party will take place at the Outchionda Live Arts Studio, located at 929 4th Street, Southwest in Albuquerque. For more information on the party, call 255-9312 or visit Mezcla Experience's website at www.myspace.com slash experience. There are probably a lot of you out there who have handed a large sum of money wouldn't use it wisely. If you're one of these people, the New Mexico Media Liter- Literary Project is here to save your hide. A screening of their new film, Challenging the Debt Industry, will be held on Thursday, November 16th at 6.30 p.m. Filmed in Gallup in Albuquerque, the movie focuses on UNM students and their financial troubles. Watch their follies and learn what not to do with your precious pennies. The film will be shown in Garden Hire Hall at Albuquerque Academy, which is located at 6400 Wyoming Boulevard Northeast at Wyoming in Aca- Academy. Pardon me. <laughs> if you need additional info, call 828-3129. Having a tantrum because you missed the Phantom? Fear not, for the Phantom of the Opera is still lurking, causing mayhem at UNM's Pope Joy Hall, Saturday, November 18th. The Broadway touring cast transforms the stage into the Paris Opera House for an evening of haunting songs, elaborate dancing, and some surprising special effects. There's still a chance to squeeze into the packed theater. Visit www.popejoyhall.com or call 277-3824 to find out more about the Phantom Stay and learn about what Broadway has lined up next to send our way. Spaced out? then the Lodestar Astronomy Center might be ideal. New shows have begun at the Digital Dome Planetarium. Liam Neeson guides you through Black Holes, the Other Side of Infinity, where you can witness the creation of the Milky Way and watch as a star's death leads to the creation of a mysterious black hole. Yet another new show, Wanders of the Universe, takes you all the way from the beginning of time to the Earth we know and love in ultra-high definition. For more information, call the Lodestar at 841 5955 or visit their website 
www.lodestar.unm.edu. This has been your Youth Radio Weekly Calendar for November 5th, 2006. Remember, this calendar is not only for you, but by you as well. We need contributions from you, the listeners, to make calendar the best it can be. Send your events to youthradio at kunm.org. We take events through Thursday before our Sunday show. Help us get rid of those pesky crickets. Speaking of the show, let's send it over to the hosts to wrap this show up. Good evening, New Mexico. Allow us first to apologize for this interruption. We do, like many of you, appreciate the comforts of everyday routine. The security of the familiar. The tranquility of repetition. But, in the spirit of commemoration, we thought we might have a little chat. There are, of course, those who would forbid us to speak. Like Mr. Kyle Ferris, who is youth radio producer and engineer tonight. Diana Barron Moore, who would want more time for her music. And we simply cannot allow that. Our calendar host, Michael Harley. Even the adult mentors who are Marcos Martinez, Roberta Rael, Steve Emmons, Elizabeth Dwyer, and Roman Garcia. The other vacant members of Youth Radio, known as Marsh Lawn, Philip Riley, Avikra Lucky, and Paula Castillo, do not support or endorse our revolutionary antics. Ah, uh, yes. The Youth Radio producer, who is, as we chat, tied and gagged, would like me to thank the participants of the college prep interview. Also, the Youth Radio members involved in the revolutionary montage. And Kyle for his informative review of V for Vendetta. More than 400 years ago, a great citizen wished to embed the 5th of November forever in our memory. His hope was to remind the world that fairness, justice, and freedom are more than just words. They are perspectives. So, if you've seen nothing, if the crimes of this government remain unknown to you, then we would suggest that you allow this November to pass unmarked. But if you see what we see, if you feel as we feel, and if you seek as we seek, then... We ask you to stand beside us weekly for Youth Radio at 7 p.m. on KUNM 89.9. And we will continue to give you shows that you will never forget and push our freedom of speech to more treacherous limits. As we close our show tonight and we pass it on over to the next, we remind you that people should not be afraid of their governments. The government should be afraid of its people. We, we are, are your hosts, hosts Jaron, Kai, and Lucia Martinez. Martinez. Good, Good night. night. All right, so we're going to wrap it up with French singer-songwriter Camille. Uh, this is La Jeune Fille en Cheveux Blancs, which means the young girl with white hair, and is about a young woman who is poor and homeless and sleeping in a train station. Have a lovely evening. <laughs> Les solis toujours rêvent sont des cas de gare J'ai loué un placard pour mes robes d'hiver 